friends. Welcome back to the Auto Transport Co-Pilot. My name is Beck Abdullayev. I am with Super Dispatch. I'm coming to you today uh, with my fancy Zoom background. And I'm really excited to continue bringing the new episodes of the Auto Transport Co-Pilot to you. Last year, we started this uh, platform, this podcast, to give voice to a lot of up-and-coming companies and trailblazers and established veterans of the industry and hopefully start a dialogue around all the changes that are happening in the industry, the challenges we face um, as carriers, brokers, shippers in the industry, the technology, the developments, the advancements, all these things. And as uh, things continue to digitize and the industry continues to change and the, the macroeconomic factors, the you know economy going up and down as they impact this massive automotive industry, I'm hoping to bring forward the dialogue about, around these challenges and how different companies are navigating in the automotive industry, especially in regards to auto transport. So I'm excited to kick off this year with this episode. It's episode six. And we have a very exciting guest today that I hope you'll enjoy getting to know. Um, this year, you'll see us exploring lots of new topics, uh, lots of new guests. And um, many of you so far have been responding and reaching out via email. So please continue doing so. My email is superbeck at superdispatch.com. This is an email address I check personally and I respond to all the messages all the letters, good and bad. So I appreciate you doing that. Continue um, engaging with me and with us and with our team. We'll continue fostering this dialogue in this community. Uh, to today, uh, I have an exciting guest. She's a 15-year veteran of the automotive industry with lots of experience. She's currently working at Hanson Atkins, and um, her name is uh, Gigi Ferris. Um, You'll learn a few different things about her, but um, I'm so excited. We had a chance and opportunity to sit down with her at Use Car Week. Um, Stan Deek, who's on our team, she, he's our chief revenue officer. He had an incredible conversation. Um, they're both also runners, so they bonded over that. Gigi actually ran in college. Um, she went to an Ivy League school, and then she ran in college. And I think she brings that um, athletic ferocity into everything she does. So really enjoyed making this podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that as well. So I'll see you next month at the um, next episode of the podcast. Let me know if you have any feedback, if you have any thoughts, ideas on how we can do this better. What topics do you want us to cover more? Uh, what kind of conversations? Uh, do you have anything you want to talk to us one-on-one -on -one about? Um, I'm open to any feedback. Uh, we We thrive on feedback. We always uh, learn and grow from having conversations with uh, you know, carriers, brokers, and shippers in the industry. And we'd, we'd like to continue doing so even through the auto transport co-pilot platform. Have an amazing year. Happy New Year. And I'm really excited to continue bringing you this content. Enjoy. Welcome back to Auto Transport Copilot. On today's episode, we again want to highlight a special character and big personality in the auto transport industry. Her name is Gigi Ferris. She's the director of sales for Hanson and Atkins Auto Transport. 
Founded in 1994, asset-based Hanson & Atkins Auto Transport remains one of the largest and most respected auto transport companies on the road today. With a staggering fleet of over 965 trucks across 34 terminals and the unique capacity to transport across the United States and Canada, they continue to stand out as a key player in the OEM and remarketing transport world. Gigi opened up to our Chief Revenue Officer, Stan Deek, about lessons learned from the various sectors Hanson serves while providing insight into being a woman in a male-dominated field. In an industry where secrecy is just business, Gigi was candid with us and we respect her for that. So, without further delay, we present to you Gigi Ferris. I'm here with Gigi Ferris of yeah. Hanson Auto Logistics. Gigi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing great. We're doing great. How's, uh, how's the show been so far? I've only been here a day. Um, I went out and hung out with the Grow Ladies. Yeah. Love what they're doing over there. We did like a game show thing. What is that? What is that? The Grow Ladies. So they they're like global remarketing opportunities for women group. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll, so what, so that is a group. It's a subgroup, or that's just a group of women. I didn't know about this one. Oh yeah, it's a subgroup, and we've got a lot of. Well, they have a lot of sponsorships. Like transport companies sponsor them. Oh. Um, different companies around here will sponsor okay. them. And what they decided to throw yesterday was like just a little gathering party for all the women that came oh, or nice. whoever could go. And it was game show themed, so that was a lot of fun. Okay. That was the first thing I did last night and then came over here. Okay. Well, how's, uh, how's, how's Hanson Auto Logistics? How's business going? You know, it's growing. Um, a lot of people didn't know that we existed because they're so used to seeing us just moving new cars. Yeah. So ever since I, we, you know, put me out here working all these shows, they understand that we're in the remarketing, the repossession space. We're dealing with off-lease vehicles, so it's yeah. it's nice because now they have another option, and we're asset-based. So what? So what are you guys doing? What is the service that you guys are offering? So what we are offering is the fact that we could use our assets, and we're one of the largest independently owned companies yeah. in North America and Canada, so we can move vehicles across the border. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's like it's very tailored. It's a very tailored thing because when you're dealing with new cars, they don't want. They don't want necessarily want us using partner carriers all the time. They want to know sure. that we are going to get specific service from a specific carrier, and then yeah. we're moving it to the remarketing side. Okay, so it's nice. So how is when so you you go between the the OEM world and the remarketing world? Mm -hmm. What is uh, like? I mean, obviously, I mean, there's a ton of differences. We could probably spend the rest of this conversation, yeah, talking about just the differences. What's what's maybe a difference that somebody doesn't realize? Is, but is you know, but you live it is like man. Everybody needs to know this. So on the remarketing side, I mean, I think that everybody knows this, especially being here. There are so many transport companies. Yeah. Like it is very, very cutthroat, right? But everybody wants the same thing. Every single consumer wants the same thing, and they honestly want a human touch. Yep. They want to be able to talk to somebody that one speaks English. Two, yeah. understands their pain points. Three, will do exactly what they say when they're saying they're going to do it. And I think that's everybody in all customer service. But mm -hmm. when it comes to transport, it's even more tantamount. And then obviously making sure that you're okay with liability and insurance. Like they don't yeah. have to worry about these things. Like I just talked to a customer that had something happen. Like he, someone took out a bridge. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And he looked at me. He's like, I know you guys work for the OEMs. I know that you guys move big trucks. Can you help me? Because I know that you guys have enough coverage. Yeah. So... Taking you know, out of bridges like is a big accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one of the things I was talking to one of the um, one of the other carriers that's here yesterday. What he was saying, you know, I asked him like, what differentiate differentiate your business? And he was mm -hmm. like, Stan. He's like, 
He's like, we just, he's like, we do what we say we're going to do. Yeah. He's like, we're always honest. Yeah. And he said, you know, there's delivering really excellent customer service. Mm -hmm. Like the bar isn't actually all that high. Like there's just a lot of people who just don't deliver good customer service. So yeah. I think in this industry, if you're like you guys, mm -hmm. if you just deliver consistently really great customer service, then you can build a really unbelievable business. Yeah. And right now for me, it's just finding the opportunities because we're yeah. so new to the space. Okay. Right. So it's a lot of business development, like branding myself as yeah. Hal's marketing person. Yeah. And come trust me, I know what I'm doing. So, so, so what's your background? So you're new to the space, so tell everybody about your background. So I come from the fleet space. Um, okay. I used to be a director of fleet for government and con commercial sales with Asbury. Okay. So we got up to the point where I think the last year there, I was going to do like somewhere around five, 6,000 vehicles. Wow. So I have a lot of relationships with some of the people that are here today. Wow. Mike Albert, Mike Albert Leasing, some people from National Vehicle Leasing Associations and okay. AFLA and stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. And so then why, why make a change over to, to the side? So what? The bottleneck of COVID when the cars went away and yeah. I, a lot of my vehicles weren't going to get delivered till December made it difficult for them to justify having my role oh, uh, gotcha. for okay. empty for that period of time yeah, sure. until my vehicles sure. arrived. So David was awesome. He saw that I was looking and he's like, let me scoop this one up. I was like, there okay, you go. David go. Larson is who we're yes. referring to. David's been great. <laughs> yes. um, so, uh, so what about um, the rest of the show, right? So you're here for a couple more days, or you're here until mm -hmm. what day? I'm here until tomorrow. Until you're here until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to accomplish? When you come to a show, what are you trying to do in the next you know, 24 to 48 hours before you head out? So it's more branding for me, honestly. I, I come to a show hoping to leave with a whole bunch of business cards like everybody else, right? Yep. But um, because we are so new, like I said, yeah, it's a trust factor. Okay. So I'm gaining a lot of that. I'm gaining traction when it comes to... I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and then when you're asking for a quote or a rate on, a lane, on these yeah. lanes, I deliver them quickly. Okay. But the networking aspect, people putting me in front of other people because they say, hey, not only is this girl really smart, she, says, she does what she says she's going to do, um, she puts you together with other people that she knows in her network, yeah. like let me, let me kind of parade her around in my network and yeah. get her brand out there, which is hell. That's great. So that's basically what my my job is here <laughs> use car week and, and, and also just <laughs> doing like the normal job is yeah. the normal jobs going on you mentioned yeah. earlier that this is a busy time of year mm -hmm. so right there's there's rfps that are happening right now yeah. so like outside of used car week like what's happening right now in your world so i was fortunate enough you know these these conferences are starting to pay off these networks are are, are starting to work for me and i've gotten in front of a couple of different you know major players and RFPs are coming out, RFQs are coming out, they're asking about Canadian movement because yeah. we are one of the only ones that ha have assets on both sides of the, of the border, okay, so it's yeah. very nice. Um, so that's what I'm doing. What don't, so that's an interesting topic, that comes up, we get asked about that from time to time. Mm -hmm. What makes that a challenge about being able to cross border and then operate in Canada? Well, for us, we've been doing it for so long, I think it's all licensing at the end of the day okay. and making sure that we can work with whatever customer it is, because yeah. right now we're, we're priming our operations um, to get used to moving individual units okay. from one place to another, instead of just going to the impound lot, picking up a whole bunch of cars and bringing them back over. Sure. So I think that's a pain point that we have to come across, okay. uh, that we have to you know bridge a gap, but we have all the licensing. So I mean, gotcha. I think for somebody else, that might be the biggest issue. Yeah, yeah, we get asked about it from time to time. And I think you know the, 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 the skill, or maybe I don't know if it's skill, but just the experience of going mm -hmm. cross-border. Yeah, and then paying the, the fees because you have to pay to cross and all that. Yeah. So 
It's, a, it's something that is, uh, I think, a very select few people actually have that capacity to be able to do that. And it could be a headache, I guess. Yeah, it yeah. I don't know. Really exist for us. I have never done it. This is one of these things. It's one of these <laughs> things I talk about, but I've never actually done before. Okay. So what, um, uh, if you weren't doing this, I'm actually curious, right? Because you've been in the automotive world for how many years? Um, 15. 15 years. Mm -hmm. If you couldn't be in the automotive world, what would you be doing? Oh my gosh. Someone asked me this earlier today. I think that I would be a consultant. Like I would love to be a coach, like a VP of sales operations or whatever, something of that nature yeah. where you go in kind of like a fixer. Okay. They called it a, they called me a fixer back in the day and they call it tiger team at my last position. And you go in, you learn every position and you deal with people last. Kind of like Marcus Malonis. Do you remember that show? The Prophet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would that be show. my dream job. Really? Yes. Yeah, The Prophet is a great show. That would be well, it. He's, he's in the, he owns the big RV company, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's pretty amazing. So you would want to come in and like yeah. help people figure out what's broken, Yeah. figure out how to fix it, mm -hmm. be the fixer. Yes. Right, Gigi the fixer. Exactly, that's what Gigi I want to do. Gigi the fixer Ferris. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Oh, I'm coining that. That's there a you good go. One. Gigi All right, the you fixer heard Ferris. it here. Gigi the fixer Ferris. Uh, so Gigi, you were, uh, t let's talk about you for just a moment. So, okay. you know, you've been in this automotive industry for 15 years, but yeah. before that, like you, you know, you were a collegiate athlete. Mm -hmm. So where did you go to school? What sport did you play? I was at Fordham and I ran. And okay. I like to long, now I like to run long distance, but I ran short distance. I did a hundred meter, okay. but, and then I swam a little bit, but not as well as I do now. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to breathe, but really? that was intramural, but I ran for college okay. and then school got really hectic. Um, it was an Ivy league school and wow. they were getting accredited. Fordham's in the Ivy league? Mm -hmm. oh, they I were getting accredited to become Ivy league in 2006. Okay. It was tough. <laughs> like yeah. I went through that process as a student. It was crazy. Yeah. So. What, what What don't people know when they think about like the glory of going to be a college athlete? Like, is the it glory or is it just hard? Is it just hard work? It is the grind. Um, it's funny because I got a kid that wants to do that, right? So, yeah. and you wake up. You wake up usually at three thirty, four thirty in the morning. I've been doing that since I'm a kid. Oh my so, gosh. So um, you go in. You go for a workout or a coaching session. Yeah. Um, you watch tape. You watch other people's tape. You make sure that you understand how your body is moving. So then you work out like you actually physically work out work out yeah. so instead of just running and whatever it is that you're doing with your your trainer that day and then after that you go to school and then you come back you work out again and because my scholarship wasn't a full full ride sure i worked you worked wow what did you do what was your college <laughs> I was bartending. job you bartended yeah, okay bartended. what cocktail can you make like what you if you somebody said like make me your best cocktail which oh one? margaritas definitely you Margarita. make a margarita? Yeah, margaritas What's the Manhattan's. perfect margarita? Uh, for me, it's a really, it has to be really good tequila, um, crushed ice with fresh lime juice. I put an orange in it, like a um, fresh orange. Interesting. No triple sec, I hate it. Okay. Um, sometimes simple syrup, but only if you like things sweet. And I like the black salt on the rim. Black salt on the rim. Yes, there you go. So good. That's super interesting. I'm gonna try yes. that one. My wife loves a skinny margarita. Yep. And so uh, a spicy skinny. She mm -hmm. puts muddled jalapeno yes, in it. Yes, exactly. That's what I do at home. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. So you were a college athlete, mm -hmm. and you worked, mm -hmm. and you had school. Mm -hmm. And then what did you like out of school? Like, how did you transition from that into like the professional work world when that sport ended? Well, at the end of the day, I think that the car business lended itself to my college career, like to my college experience, right? Really? Because it's it's super fast paced for the most part, especially the your life when you're a salesperson and then yeah. like very, very competitive. Like, So I got to a point, I remember one day I walked into work, I had quit 
because I didn't feel like working anymore at that dealership and they hired yeah. me back like, like this and I went back in and I was like, okay, I'm going to sell 35 cars this month. They're like, you're going to do what? Sure enough, like I had four customers come in in one day, closed them all, and then I, I did 35 cars that month. Oh my gosh, so, that's amazing. But that's nose down, grind it out, you keep the hours, you, you study yourself, you study your month before, yeah. what didn't you do well, you listen to your phone calls, you do ring rings, I did them with myself. Like Wow. So I had a mirror up and I watched myself talk while I was on the phone, and if I wasn't smiling, then therefore I knew the customer didn't know I was... I was happy. Oh, wow. Like I got okay. a customer go to a dealership, videotape the car he wanted to show me the pinstripes, and he bought it for me in Jacksonville, and he lived in Miami. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so, That's amazing. That kind of stuff. It's cool. So I, a career in sales. Did you know you wanted to be in sales, or how did, how did you land in a career in sales? No. So I went to school, actually, to become a surgeon. My mom talked me out of it. <laughs> okay. I was... I, Graduated. That's usually the opposite. Your mom talked you out of being a, a yeah, doctor. Yeah, wow. she was like, "You're gonna be in school forever. Don't do that. Go into business." So I went okay. back. I went back, and um, I was I was gonna go to get my to get my degree in hospital administration. She's like, "Stop going to school and just go into business." No so, way. What did your mom do? Um, she's in sales. She's in sales. Okay. <laughs> what does your mom? What does she sell? She's retired now, but okay. she was selling all kinds of stuff. I mean, she tried to sell real estate. She sold shoes. She's a, she's yeah. a perpetual salesperson. Okay. Yeah. But you saw that. You realized that sales could be a career because mm -hmm. you saw it at home. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. That's the commission awesome. checks are good. So. Yeah. There you go. I was like, well, okay, no doubt I can there. Do this. So, okay, so I think one of the other interesting things is, you know, obviously found your way into sales, found your way into automotive. Mm -hmm. uh, you're obviously a female in the automotive world, which is a predominantly male-dominated yeah. space. Like, yeah. what is that? What was that experience like as a, as a young professional, and how has that changed, you know, over time? I wish it, have, I wish it would have changed more over time, if I'm being honest. Like, okay. the, the male-dominated industry it's it's not as male dominated anymore. There's a ton of females sure. um, in the sales force for automotive. However, the way that I wish it would have changed by now, especially being in it for 15 years, is just I wish it would be less misogynistic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. I can see that. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, un unfortunately, I think that's probably in in a lot of industries that mm -hmm. I think everybody wishes that were going to be the case. Is that have you seen it change at all, though? Have you, have you seen an evolution? Well, the coolest thing that I that I have going for us, I mean, especially working with Hal, I think yeah. because my boss has raised a couple girls. Yeah. Um, he understands my pain points. Yeah. So, you know, I went to my first one of my first conferences, and I, I was extremely un uncomfortable. Wow. With my experience. Um, now, granted, I I know how to dress. Yeah. I, I do have great syntax most days. I know when to stop drinking. Yeah. I've got little tricks. If people think I'm drinking, I'm no longer drinking. Sure, <laughs> so I'm sure, attention. sure. But I'm, I can have fun without yeah. alcohol, so that's fine too. But then when when someone you know crosses the boundary yeah. that you think is laid out in the sand, yeah, and you don't necessarily know what to do because it's your first time there and yeah. you're in a brand new industry and this has never happened to you before. Yeah. You're like, okay, boss, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. How okay. to navigate these waters? Okay. Like what so, I do? You, 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 well, so let's talk about that because you're not the first person that's ever happened to, and it's going to probably happen to somebody again. So, mm -hmm. if if you were to give advice to somebody who's going to a show, mm -hmm. they're going to be in that same experience that you had, mm -hmm. or not the same experience, but they're going to go to a show for the first time. Like, what's the advice you would give? Uh, so, looking back on on that show, I would definitely encourage buddying up with someone either from your industry, yeah. like prior to, or having 
you know, if, if there's more salespeople, unfortunately there's not that many more, there's yeah. not that many business development executives at, at, at Hal. Yeah. I am okay. eight. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so if you need Hal services, call GG. <laughs> um, but obviously make a lot of friends, try to network on LinkedIn and really get, really get into it. Like, yeah. Lean more into the women's groups. Lean yeah. more into the things that you that you want to see come out of the show. So if you're if you're trying to network more, like I was, I should have gone on the agenda and looked for more networking events, okay. and gone to and made sure that I showed up at those things first okay. and asked a lot of questions or asked um, the people that were running the show. Be like, hey, can you set me up with whatever committee is running this this event so that way I can get to know them? And that's a really interesting strategy. Yeah. Ask the show mm -hmm. for the introduction. Yeah, I have, I've never actually done that before. That's a really interesting strategy. So now I've done it twice because I've go to most of the shows by myself. So okay. I just asked them. I was like, "Hey, do you think you can direct me to someone on LinkedIn that makes sense um, to befriend me? Oh. Kind of sherpa me around yeah, uh, for sure. a little bit until I get my my feet wet, and then I then I'm fine. Okay, I don't need any more handholding. I'm good. That's actually really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so the I, I, we were having this conversation earlier. I actually think that the, there's a ton of opportunity in the automotive space. There's yeah. there's the breadth of the automotive industry and the depth of the automotive industry is just mm -hmm. vast. If, would you recommend to you know a young professional female that she think about the automotive space or the the industry? I don't think there's enough women looking at the automotive industry. Okay. Like I was primed to be the next general manager. Like should, you know, one of my friends said that like a long time ago. He's like, if I know that you're happy where you are, he goes, but you could run you could run all the stores. Like he goes because you love it that much. Yeah. I don't think there's enough females that have a voice in it, and I think that girls need to look at it. Like young okay. women. My daughter just so happens to go to a school that has academies, and they have almost every single academy, like for logistics, supply chain, um, med, med, medicine, sure. um, biotech, yeah. all kinds of stuff that we need in the future. We need a lot more doctors, we need more nurses, but there's no one that's gonna perpetuate this unless you're in the family. Yeah. Like, so I grew up with it. My dad has had hobby shops since I'm four. Okay. I'm obsessed with cars. I, oh, I didn't realize okay. that SEMA was happening before this, but my daughter got hurt anyway, so I, could, I wouldn't have come. But, yeah. uh, but if I had like five of me to clone, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I would have so much fun. It would be like that, I don't know if you're familiar, there's this lawyer that um, she got fired for wearing pink, so now her entire law firm wears pink. No, I've never heard of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. Like, it's like the legally blonde of law firms. So oh I was like, gosh. I would do something like that. Everybody wears blue or pink or whatever yeah. have you, and have, like, used car managers that show up and sure. at 4.30 in the morning and appraise cars and have it be a, a really awesome chick. Yeah. I did go to a digital dealer a couple weeks ago, yeah. and one of the sessions I sat in on was, you know, the the tips and tricks for some of the most high-performing salespeople. Folks that had sold 50 and 60 cars, one mm -hmm. person had sold, I think, 200 cars in a month, right? And how they go about, and they all have their brand and their, mm -hmm. and their thing, and they do a lot through social media, but they, you know, mm -hmm. you walk into one of their stores, you know that this is the person, you know, they, they all dress in a certain way. It was yeah. actually really, really interesting. So I could see, mm -hmm. you know, I could see you building a whole business with that as the, as the model, so. Yeah, it was cool, because I've never done that. So I was doing the same thing. I was selling yeah. a couple hundred cars a month, but then, I never posted on social media. It wow. was literally word of mouth. Like, this girl is different. Like, she will show up at your place of business at 4.30 to appraise all the cars. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, hey, I'm in my gym clothes, but I'm working out anyway, so do you want coffee? And I'll come appraise all your vehicles, write them okay. all down, and do all, do what I need to do. Okay. And I, I, it would be so cool if my daughter would fall into it. Yeah. You know, because, one, there's great money to be had. And, then two, it's so empowering to, yeah. like, change someone's mind. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean, like I, I have two daughters, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I ask this question somewhat selfishly, right? I, like I think about my girls and what I want them to get into the automotive space. I wouldn't want them to have to deal with some of the things that you talked about, you dealt with earlier. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's a huge opportunity 
for you know somebody who's aggressive, somebody who's pleasant, somebody who offers great service to mm -hmm. be successful in a, in, in a variety, whether it's the op side or the sales side or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do think it's, a, it's you know it could be an industry that you know I. It, would encourage my girls to explore, if nothing else. Yeah, like they don't have to be controllers. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what usually girls go into. They go into controller, like upstairs, yeah. right? They, they go into the books. I was like, no, go up front. Like be that dealer, get the, get the dealer excellence award, get the principal's award, like do all that stuff. It's, it's so neat. Yeah. I love the business, I really do. I've been infatuated with it since I got in it, so. Yeah, what do you love about it? What is your favorite thing about the automotive space? It's always changing. Yeah. It's forever changing and everybody can say that about anything, but there's so like the legis bet between legislation and the way we're building cars, like it it is forever changing. Yeah. Like our, our rubber is changing. Like the way they 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 farm out rubber for tires is different. Yeah. Just because of COVID, silicone. That's I, really it, interesting. It gets like really that. deep. Yeah, yeah. I, I am a nerd when it comes to that. No, but that's really interesting. <laughs> well, you know, what? one of the things I've heard about, you know, the EVs, right, is around tires that, yeah. you know, if you put, a, you know, the same tire on an EV isn't going to last nearly as long, mm -hmm. right? So that's, that's a whole work. supply chain challenge that companies, the more EVs that are going to be out there, they're going to have to think about, like, well, what is our tire duration like? Mm -hmm. Or even if you're just selling them and you have it on the, on, you know, what's the mileage on this tire going to last? And it's like, oh, what kind of car is it? Yeah, the, the torque on it, like, the how much, how many, how many revolutions the wheels yeah. The wheel spinning, what a, sticky tires. There you go. What Sorry. um, what would you take from your college world, right? You know, the the we talked a little bit about. It. You talked about head down, mm -hmm. right? Work hard. Mm -hmm. How has that, as a collegiate athlete, helped you as a professional? The blinders on, especially with my my path, right? So it's a solo sport. I didn't I didn't do a relay or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe it lended to like. The, my quote-unquote rise in the car business um, because I knew how to how to channel my pain. Oh, right? okay. So, so at, when it hurts, you keep going. Yeah. And as a salesperson, you know this. On a slow month, especially November, December, when you only got 12 cars out and you've got Christmas yeah. running around the corner, you're like, okay, what am I going to do? How do I channel this pain? And how do I keep moving forward? I think that's the biggest thing that I've been able to, to, to use to win the car business, right? Okay. Like I, it doesn't matter. Like it does not matter how much pain you're in that day. <laughs> Move on. Just Move keep forward. Pushing. Keep, keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. That's amazing. Yeah, all that lactic acid in your legs, it's okay. It's all right. The burn's good. No <laughs> the pain. The burn is good. The burn is good. Yeah. So you said you run now. What do you? What is your distance? What do you like to run now? I fractured my tibia a bit a little bit ago, so oh. I'm doing like five k's, seven miles. I'm pretty lame right now. That's a I lot. Ran this morning. There you so, go. But yeah. You ran this morning. You don't have a fractured tibia right now. No. No, I know. <laughs> no. But wow, that's a lot. Most people don't run that. It's, it's more than you know, more than most people will get out and do. So good for you. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. All right. Did you run too? Right? I do run. I do. I do trail runs. I ran around here the other day. It was really pretty. Yeah, uh, you can run on the golf course here. I ran around the outside, but normally I like to go run trails. My thing yeah. is running trails. I want to go run in the woods. Yeah. I have a, I have a, a DPM okay. metric. Okay. It's called deer per mile. How many mile, How many deer do I see across my run? Nice. If I see more than one or two deer mm -hmm. in the morning. It's a good. Uh, it's a good day. That's so, cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, Chattahoochee National Forest. A lot of people who live in Atlanta. You live. Where do you live? I live in Jacksonville, Florida. You live in Jacksonville, but you used to live in Atlanta, well, right? Uh, for, for a Buf period of time. Yeah, like for a period of time. Yeah. Yeah, in Buford. I think a lot of people in Atlanta don't realize that, like. The Chattahoochee National Forest, mm. it's actually a national forest. It's a national park. It's in downtown Atlanta. You can pretty much hang out in a national park right in Atlanta. Nobody, most people don't even realize Atlanta, that. that's so cool. 
Yeah, it's pretty neat. So yeah, how, what do you think about the, the Jacksonville market? We'll just talk about that for just for a moment. When it comes to uh, transport? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's a, it's a, there's, you know, you've got, um, you know, big rivers that are there. You've got, oh my you gosh. know. Yeah, we're the River City, right? Yeah. So tell what is Jacksonville? How does it, what role does that play in the transport world? Honestly, I mean, we have our, one of our, what is that called? Sorry, you're at the, uh, terminals. Terminals. Yes, there there's that. <laughs> I was like, what, we have one of our terminals there because the port is there. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I thought it was going to be easier. I'm born, like, I might as well be born and raised there. I mean, I've been there 11 years. I know, like, I went to high school there. Yeah. I'm a Jacksonville kid. Um, I thought it was going to be the easiest market for me to take over. Oh my gosh. Really? It is not. Difficult? It is difficult, but we have like this great um, transport guy that runs, you know, from between Georgia and Jacksonville that okay. he's, he's pretty, he pretty much has gotten that buttoned up. But um, when it comes to how many cars are going through that port and because Savannah was down for a while because that ship. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I used to be able to go to the port a lot because I worked with, with Lenius Wilhelmsen. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. because of Nissan. Yep. Yes, and a lot of stevedores. Um, honestly, I'm a little bit far removed from that, but okay. um, because our terminal is run by operations. Gotcha. So I don't gotcha. want to play with it, but I think they're going to utilize our port a little bit more than our port in Miami, just because of the amount of people that are moving to Florida. I mean, we yeah. had 250,000 people move to Jacksonville in four months during COVID. Oh, my gosh. That's nuts. Yeah, we don't have enough houses. We don't yeah. have enough houses. If you need plumbing, you can call David Gray Plumbing. <laughs> yes, in David Gray. That's what we found out. We've, yeah, we've, we Gary's, Gary, Gary's our boy. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> awesome. All right, Gigi, it was really nice sitting down with you. Thank you oh, so thank much you for, for the me. for the time. I think, uh, and congrats on your success. I mean, holy smokes. You seem to, every time I talk to you, you seem to get something different going on. So, yeah. Yeah. So what's next? Are you just going to keep growing? Hanson uh, and Atkins, you're just going keep building this thing up, right? That's yes. the plan. So actually, because this job proved to be a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be, right? Okay. I was like, I can do this. I ran fleet. Like that, that was ridiculously hard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because it, um, we're so new to the space, right? Yeah. Um, so I told David, my boss today, I was like, hey, I hired a mentor and she told me to do this. So growing my brand and attracting people to me. How can people find you? LinkedIn? Yeah, what's the yes. best way to get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is LinkedIn. Text me, my phone number is there too. Email me, like message me, whatever and whatnot. Okay. But yeah, I'm all over LinkedIn almost every day trying okay. to post something. Okay. That, uh, mostly personal, honestly. I'm not trying, like I don't post work stuff. I, per I post like things that I see. I'm like, oh, this is a good Monday quote. I was like, I needed that for myself. I'm sure other people need it. So there you go. You know, okay. I don't know if I'm motivational or not, but I sometimes I need to kick my own behind and yeah. that's how I do it. Good for you. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, look Gigi up. Gigi yes. the Fixer Ferris. Yes. We came up with that earlier. So look Gigi up on LinkedIn. Yeah. Gigi, it's so nice to sit down with you again. I hope you have a great rest of the show. You too. Safe travels back home. You too. Awesome. Good to see you. Good to see you.